let's just say you are someone who's into just sport, for argument's sake, okay, and you want to go deal with a label person, an AR person, and you find out on the internet, you know, through their Instagram that um, they play in an amateur soccer team or a football team or they play golf or fish or, or whatever, and you happen to be someone who's genuinely, genuinely into that sort of thing, you're going to connect with someone better and on, in a, from a more authentic place when you can deal with them about that. And all of a sudden, you're dealing with someone where it's not about, well, what have you got for me? But you're dealing with them as a person. You're building a rapport. You're building trust, yeah? And then, and then over time, if people get to like you and know you and trust you and, and, and feel very comfortable around you, then all of a sudden, you, you, won't, you probably won't even have to ask too much. You, things, things come a bit more effortlessly. Welcome to the Being in a Band podcast. I'm your host, Monica Strutt, and I'll be your new band bestie as we deep dive into all things music marketing, PR and strategy, as well as the mindset it takes to succeed in today's modern music industry. I know the highs and lows of being a musician, and I've seen far too many of my talented peers give up on their dreams far too early in their careers. After working for years, both as a musician and professional digital marketer specializing in the music industry, I now help emerging bands break through the glass ceiling and reach the next level in their careers. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Being in a Band podcast. I hope you're ready to be inspired today because in this episode, I'm having a chat with Tony Jack the Bear Mans. He is not only an esteemed and well-respected mastering engineer from Melbourne, Australia, but he's also a mentor within the music industry, and he often mentors musicians, up-and-coming producers, and more. This chat is one of those where I prepared a bunch of questions, but I only got through a couple of them because we kind of just let the conversation flow naturally. And we talked about so many different topics from personal development to cultivating relationships within the music industry, surviving such a hard industry, and essentially working on the biggest relationship, which is that one that you'll have with yourself. You're going to absolutely love this interview. Well, it's not really even an interview. It's more like a chat because honestly, for part of this, I forgot that we were even recording. But yeah, Jack the Bear is kind of like a father figure to so many of us, particularly here in Melbourne. He has so much life experience and he's been able to forge a really long and successful career within the music industry. He's kind of someone that just says it how it is, but he always says it with love. And yeah, this podcast is full of so much wisdom. Enjoy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Being in a Band podcast. I'm here with a master of engineering and a master of life, Jack the Bear. Welcome to the podcast. Monica, hello. Thanks for having <laughs> me. Good to have you. Good to have you. Good, good, good for you to have me on your podcast. Yeah, right? yeah. we were just it's talking. Good to be, it's, it's good to be had, put it that way. But thank you. I really appreciate being here. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you. We were just talking about before we press record that I was on your podcast pretty much a year ago. I think it was last July. And Mm -hmm. I believe you found me through a blog post that I posted, um, which kind of went a bit viral and seemed to open up a lot of doors. So, um, and you were like one of the first interviews that I kind of did on a podcast after that blog post and uh, we talked about so much good stuff that I'd, I'd love to touch upon today. Um, so first up, I would love for you to, yeah, just introduce yourself, who you are and what you do in this music industry. Okay. Well, hello everyone. Uh, so my name is, um, my name is, uh, well, Tony Mance. My nickname's Jack the Bear. I am a master engineer, have a studio called Deluxe in, in Brunswick, and I've been running that out of that location in Brunswick for 14 years. And I'm also a music industry mentor who does all kinds of programs with people, anything from one-on-one chats to group workshops. Um, uh, you know, I, I mean, I like to think that I've Anyone who comes across my way is someone that I get to mentor because it's it's such a it's a bit of a nebulous concept for people because it, it can take on so many different um, so many different meanings and contexts to people and um, styles of doing it 
and and I guess that's something that we can you know t- talk about. But but mentoring is a big thing for me. I'm a huge advocate for particularly with young artistic creatives who are trying to make their way into the world and get their way. Not not just in the the music side of things, but also in the mindset side about getting their mindset right and and helping them navigate um, issues like their you know self worth and self esteem, you know building resilience. Uh, understanding the importance of how to build a, a good peer group around them and and all that kind of stuff. So that's that's kind of what I do, and it's it's not it's not something that I do as a nine to five. It's, it's part of who I am. It's part of my identity, and and I, I love I love being able to serve people if and or when um, it's you know required or relevant or appropriate. And it was all really. Where, where it came from for me was as a as a as a young pup being 17, 18 and traveling overseas and you know I, I got my start basically banging on studio doors and saying, can I come and hang out? I never really had an actual uh, job or I wasn't actually interned at one studio which the vast majority of my contemporaries and peers and colleagues were. Uh, but I got to meet a lot of incredible people who took me on under their wing, who didn't know me from a bar of soap, didn't owe me anything, and they gave me such generosity of their time and spirit. And, and again, it wasn't just in the, the studio stuff, but it was the stuff outside the studio. And, and I made a pact with myself. I was about 19 at the time where I said, if I ever get into a situation where I build a room like this or get up to a certain level that I will make sure that um, I will do my best to help people on the way and um, you know, pay forward all, all the goodness and generosity that was bestowed to me as a, as a young engineer. I love that. I love the idea of paying it forward. Uh, and that's certainly what I've seen you do as well. You're always sharing so many amazing uh tidbits on Facebook and I've actually collaborated with a couple of people that you have mentored and um yeah and and they're just awesome and I know that you know they always credit you to being such a big part of their journey which is really really cool you're the first person that I actually met that calls themselves a mentor have you so you you do it officially now and um you know it's listed as one of the services on your website have you always done the mentoring thing alongside your mastering like your engineering I, th- I think that it's kind of it, it kind of existed over time but it wasn't something that as okay so when I was younger I did make a, a, a pact with myself that if I ever got to a certain point but I didn't it's only been in recent times that I've put it I've made it a formal thing Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been, without realising it, mentoring people for a long period of time just as I've been engineering, um, I, I think that just comes down to if you have a genuine love of people and a genuine want to um, contribute and help because I've learned that, you know, a lot of people get into life or the, or the music business or whatever and, and so much of it is about what can I leverage for myself and, and, you know, and I get it, people have got to make a living and they've got to take care of themselves and they've got to pay their bills and whatnot. But um, the most successful people that I saw operate were always people that no matter what they did, they were always looking for ways how to contribute towards their scene, their community, their people, if you will. And, and But the big uh, important distinction is that in doing that, you have to make sure that when you were contributing, you were doing it from a place of no expectation, doing it from a place where you were giving your energy, the expendable energy that you already had. So, so for example, if I'm gonna I'm gonna help Monica with a certain thing, I'm not gonna do I'm gonna do so A because I've got that time to burn with her at that time period of time. And I'm gonna do so not um, ever in the back of my mind, um, you know, like like a drug dealer giving tick to someone, you know, like waiting. I'm going to be waiting from you one day to give me something directly or indirectly. So like once it's it's a one way thing. So once once I do what I do, it's done and it's and it's done with. Now, whatever karmic forces in the universe work from there on are the ones that work. But but I will never ever expect or ask of anyone to return 
the favour to me because I happen to do that for you. I, I find I see a lot of that going on. I understand logically the fairness in that of like, hey, if I do that for you, you know, you should be doing it for that. There's, there's nothing wrong with that in in theory. It, it, it's fair and it makes sense. The only problem is is that when people operate from that place, they're usually going to end up becoming very disappointed and because they're going to be, um, there's going to be um, ill feeling, resentment, and it's not a really good place to live. And if you're dealing with someone and you're harboring that bad energy, people are going to pick up on it and realize there's something not, not quite right. And of course, in their perspective, it's like, well, hang on a minute, you know, you helped me out, and now expecting this, and that. and it can create this unnecessary tension that no one needs in this world. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you don't want to be in a place where you feel like you're being owed something because that energy is kind of like a lack mentality and that's just not a good energy to be in. It's not a high vibe <laughs> place to be in, yeah. No, for sure. And, and can I just also just add at this point that please understand that I'm, you know, I'm no... I'm no fucking saint or anything, anything like that. I'm, um, but I, I, the reason I understand these things is that because that was the way I used to operate. I used to operate in that world and and come from that place. And it took a long time for me to actually realise that this isn't working too well. It's not working out for me. It's not working out for others around me. And so I had to stop and go, you know what, I, I need to change. I need to get my shit together. I need to get my things sorted. You see, see, Monica, uh, uh, one, one of the things I'm not afraid to tell people and share with people is where I went wrong and how I fucked up. Uh, I'll be the first to put my hand up and tell you, you know what, I really didn't do well here. I made some poor decisions. I made poor choices. And I'm, I'm at an age now, you know, I'm, I'm 57 and I'm, I'm giving less and less fucks about what people think about me or, or, or what have you. I'm... Um, I, I feel more and more comfortable in my own skin and free within myself to express my truth, uh, n- not worrying about what you or anyone else may want, want to think about. I, I know who I am and I know where I sit in the food chain and, and I'm more than okay with all that. So I, I can come from a place where I can be really brutally honest. And what I've found is that when I started becoming more open and more vulnerable, if you will, uh, and, and, and just brutally putting it all out there. Uh, people respond to that because everyone struggles with the same stuff. Everyone has challenges. Everyone has the stuff they're harbouring. Everybody has the feels. Uh, but many people aren't prepared to admit that. Um, you know, don't worry about admitting it in a, in a public forum. Admitting it themselves. I mean, the, the hardest person you need to deal with is you. The hardest relationship to manage is the one with you. The hardest person to be honest with is you, and especially when it comes to really taking a, an inventory about where you're at and, and where you went wrong and where you fucked up and what you can do. We're, we're very, very quick to try and justify to ourselves our behaviours and what we did and how we do it, constantly putting the blame on everyone else, on outside forces, outside influences, and and we'll be the last person that will want to take on um, the, the, the truth. It, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy, Monica. Um, and I'll tell you this because of my own journey. I've had to eat a lot of shit sandwiches in life and more than I really should have. But, but I think that by being brutally honest and candid, um, people relate to that a lot more and are more willing then to um, trust in you. You know, I, mean, I think the most important currency we have, you know, in, in the relationship economy that we, li- we live in is trust. When, when you can build a level of trust with people, irrespective of whatever context of life that is, then you're going to be far better off. And that, anything from, from business to, to band to, to, you know, dating someone, you know, if, if there's no trust in that relationship and with the person you're dealing with, then you, you've got nothing as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, impacts every area of your life, but, you know, just speaking to the music industry, this is an industry built on networking and relationships. I always say that. So it's, I mean, a lot of people say it's all about who you know, but a part of that is because of the trust factor and just because the music industry is one of those industries that are built upon 
relationships. Sorry, just just sort of cut in on you, but just on that point, you talked, you said it's all about who you know. Well, let me tell you something. It's not just about who you know, but who knows you. Yeah. Because we all of us can know a lot of people. We've heard a lot of people, but that's not going to impact on our careers very much as far as who knows us. Because we require people in the know or who are the movers and shakers or who are influential somehow to know who we are, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. you can know someone all you want to know, but if they, if they don't know you, then it, 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 it's kind of almost meaningless, you know. Yeah. In a way. But, um, but sorry, going back to the, the relationship and networking thing you are saying, go on. No, no, that's it. Um, no, it just makes complete sense that, I mean, trust is the basis of any relationship. So I just wanted to, yeah, just make a comment that just from my experience so far, I think the music industry is a relationships-based uh, industry. So, but, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a two-way street. <laughs> um, and, one, and one of the ways you build trust, Monica, is, is, is by making a contribution you know like I said when people network and this is the old style of doing things and it's based on logic and I completely get it is that people are going to go out to an event there's going to be label people or A&R people or managers or I don't know people that you particularly want to meet and build a relationship with and usually it's going to be about them you know you're going there and you're trying to see what you can get for yourself whereas you got to understand that people, if you're going to be involved with anyone, people are going to want to deal with you, yeah, because you're a nice person, but no one knows you shit, right? That's the bottom line. They owe you nothing. Mm-hmm. They're going to be interested in you because you've got something of value to them. Now, value is a perceived thing and everyone values different things, but until you have got something to show them that is going to actually be beneficial for them and, until, and, and you're the one that's going to have to make the contribution, um, you're going to be like everyone else in the crowd, just and and you will get nowhere. So, and one way of being able to do that is, for example, if you're going to go out and network and, and meet people, do your homework on people that you want to deal with. Yeah, don't just go willy nilly to deal with everyone because it's a, don't. Now, other people might think differently, and and that's perfectly okay, and and, and I respect their, you know, their, their their position on things. My position on it however, is to not just go willy-nilly with anyone and everyone with the whole carpet bomb approach and, and think of it as a numbers game and we measure to consider about who you want to deal with. And so find out about the people you want to deal with. You kids now are living in the greatest time to be being in, in the industry and trying to network because of this thing called the internet, okay? And now you've got people with Instagram accounts who for the most part are the people behind the account. So when you're... DMing them or whatever, you know, 70 to 80% of the time you know it's going to go direct to whoever you're dealing with. You know, it's not like back in the old days when I started, it was just letters and, and stuff like that. And, and, and it was three or four different gatekeepers before you got to the person that you want to deal with. So, you know, so you now, and there's all this information online about people. There's so much you can learn about people. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. Let, let, let's just say you are someone who's into just sport, for argument's sake, okay, and you want to go deal with a label person, an AR person, and you find out on the internet, you know, through their Instagram that um, they play in an amateur soccer team or a football team or they play golf or fish or, or whatever, and you happen to be someone who's genuinely, genuinely into that sort of thing. Can, you can, you're going to connect with someone better and on, in a, from a more authentic place when you can deal with them about that because, hey, I play soccer, I know a bit about this, I do, you know, and whatever it is around that. And, and all of a sudden you're dealing with someone where it's not about, well, what have you got for me, but you're dealing with them as a person. You're building a rapport, you're building trust, yeah? And then, and then over time if people get to like you and know you and trust you and, and, and feel very comfortable around you, then all of a sudden you, you, won't, you probably won't even have to ask too much. You, things, things come a bit more effortlessly, you know, when, when, when you come from that place. So it's really important, kids, that you do your homework, you make sure that when you do your homework and you find some other, you know, some other common denominator there, make sure that you are, again, 
um, that you're sincere in that. Make sure, well, if you, you know, if you if you really are into that sort of thing that they're into, then then great. But but don't try and pretend to say that you're in because you can't put bullshit a bullshitter. You'll yeah. be found out. You, they'll smell you. They'll smell you before you enter the room, let alone when you open your mouth. So, and again, this comes down to this whole thing of authenticity. You know. It, it, you really need to be absolutely authentic and you can't be kind of authentic and you can't be working towards being more authentic. It, authenticity is binary. You are or you're not. You can't try to be authentic because through the notion of trying, you're being inauthentic. Huh? Yes. Oh, my gosh. That makes so much sense. So in your own words, what do you see the role of a mentor and why, is there any particular struggle that you see is quite common in terms of the musicians that you work with? All right, well, a mentor, the way I describe a mentor is uh, a teacher primarily. Um, they could be a trusted friend. They could be a confidant. Um, they are someone that you bounce ideas off. And, look, you can you kids could be mentored by someone without even knowing them, just purely by following someone. I, I have mentors like that. I'll give you, um, you know, that, that I just follow online and I really like what they say. I've never met them. I probably never will meet them. But I still find that they have these tremendous nuggets of wisdom that I take on board and I think, wow, this is really great. I can apply this in my life and I can find this very helpful. Um, You know, there are mentors who you meet up, maybe you meet up on a regular basis. Sometimes there are people that you only see once in a while. Um, I I, I do all kinds of mentoring in all kinds of of contexts. I've got... Um, I've had situ- I've got I've run these little workshops that go for three weeks where I get paid, yeah, um, and so that's just when we get together. We talk about stuff that's happening during the week. We uh, we find common themes and then we talk and then we break it down and we just look at and then I share my view uh, and what I did and how I went about it and then you know try and provide some strategies and solutions to help people during that three week uh, aspect. Um, then there's a style of mentoring which is just a, it's, it's a once in a blue moon kind of thing. Hey, I want to run an idea past this, uh, this bloke or this woman. I'll, I'll give him a ring, I'll, ship, I'll send him an email or what have you. And, and there's no frequency, there's no, um, there's no structure to it. But, again, it's uh, some person that you trust and you, and you uh, respect and you, you feel like, yeah, I, I think I'm going to get some good, honest advice from this person. So that's another style of, 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 of mentoring as well. Um, I, I, think, uh, I think the most important role of, of the mentor, though, is to listen and to just take on board because what I find in my experience is that for the most part, I'm not the guy that gives the answers and neither should I be the one to spoon feed people. When you, you sit down and listen to someone and just allow them to speak outwardly as opposed to the internal dialogue that they have, the answers usually come to them. And it happens so many times where the only thing I could probably do is there's someone speaking with me about something and then I'll say, whoa, 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 what did you just say then? Or I'll put, I'll, we'll go back and we'll just go over what they said and I'll help them break down a little something and then it's like, Oh shit! Wow, you know. So I, I think that's what you know. Good, um, you know, good mentors do. But in terms of the, the, the most common things I've found with people that I've deal with and dealt with, Monica, it's it's your, it's your, it's your good old classics. You know, your your, 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 your mentor's greatest hits, um, <laughs> which is things like feelings of self worth. Um, self-esteem, am I good, uh, am I good enough? The, the primary fear we all have is that we're not good enough. We're just not good enough. And whether that is talented enough or smart enough or resourceful enough, sexy enough, insert whatever adjective you want, that we always feel that there's a sense of lack in, in, in us and it's something that's been drilled into us because we, you know, if you, if you go back to when you were a young baby and you were unconditionally loved as a child, when you are able to start communicating with your parent or your guardian or whoever was looking after you growing up, and then uh, all of a sudden if you wanted something, you had to behave a certain way. You had to say a certain thing. You had to so, – you know, so, so sit down, Monica, you won't get to watch cartoons unless you eat your broccoli type of thing. Mm. And, and this came from your mum, your dad. Uh, when you're a child, this person is looking after you is your everything. 
and to go from a place of being loved unconditionally into getting the message that, well, if I want attention, love, validation, I'm going to have to act a certain way or say a certain thing. Um, and, you know, when you then wow, go off into the world. blowing my mind. <laughs> yeah, uh, but then, you know, and, and then you go into the real world with the, the message from your parents from home. This is the thing. It's like, well, I, I'm no one's going to love me except me, want me, validate me unless I do. And this is why we have, you know, I mean, the, peer, the peer group pressure at school and, and then you've got advertising and marketing and, 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 and so, so by the time you become an adult, you know, we, we have this subconscious program that we're, we're not enough unless, da, 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 you know. And, and so I deal with a lot of that and it's helping, it's helping people understand that, A, there's nothing actually wrong with it. There never was. It was the greatest lie ever perpetrated um, and, and that you keep, run, you know, run, running with. So, but that's half of people because it, it, to, to sort of accept that. You see, the thing is that, Monica, no person, no organisation, no anyone outside of you is ever going to convince you that you're good enough. They can tell you all you want. When you feel within yourself that you're shit, you're shit, and mm-hmm. no one's going to shift that. They may be able to move it temporarily, and you know, but at the end of the day, you've got to take ownership of that. You know, you've got to give yourself your own green light and own permission to say, "Hey, I'm I'm good enough. I'm ready. I'm worthy." And 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 people, I think sometimes people feel that a lot of the mentees that I speak to about this concept when I run it past them, you can feel they get a little bit uncomfortable because. Straight away, just hearing that makes them, you know, they get a little bit on edge and, and, and straight away they just feel like, oh, no, no I, I can't hack that, I can't hack that, this is a bit too much. But un- until such time as you're able, get to, until you're ready to accept that and be able to give yourself your own green light, no amount of anything or success or words from other people, you know, again, it's all, it all has to come from within you. We are so reliant on the outside world and for things to be working externally when it's the internal world that really drives the external world. So until we can get that working and operating well and, and manage well, then the external world is, is uh, you know, if, if, we're, if we're always chasing external stuff, um, you, you're basically chasing your tail. And, and I'll give you an example, a great metaphor that my uh, mentor Peter Peter Sage talked about, which is a really, I think it's a, an excellent, excellent metaphor and, and sums it up beautifully, which is uh, it's called um, the curse of the white rabbit. And the white rabbit is the metaphor for all the things that you're chasing, fame, fortune, money, success, love, what have you. And it's like the greyhounds that run around on a track chasing the white rabbit. How many times... Do the greyhounds actually catch it, Monica? They don't. They don't. And do you know why that is? Because it keeps running in circles. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's it's set up that way. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. It's set up that way deliberately that they'll never catch that fucking rabbit, mm-hmm. okay? Now to, now, to the greyhounds, they don't give a shit about the fact that they're never going to catch the rabbit, right? They will turn up week in, week out, happy as fuck to chase this thing because they're born to run. They're here to run. Musicians and artists are, are born to create. It's not about the actual winning, the, the, you know, winning, the, the, getting a gold record or getting this gig or getting the support or getting this festival or this kind of stuff. They're, these greyhounds are just happy to run because they're born to do so. You're never going to find a greyhound that will come up one week and say, you know what, fuck this, I'm over it. I've never caught that fucking rabbit. Too fucking hard, I'm done. But that's what we do as creators. We go, oh, fuck, too hard. No, I can't do it. Ah. And, and then find stories to tell ourselves as to why we're not good enough and why we're fuck-ups and why we shouldn't be doing this and why we should give it up and give up our dreams and all that kind of stuff when we understand, when we should understand that, you know, we are good enough, we are worthy and and when we have a good peer group around us and good people to support us and nurture us and challenge us in the right way, that's the, that's the sort of thing that you need to build a foundation so that you can operate from that place. And, and I'm not against people wanting to achieve great things in life. You know, God bless you, go for it. You know, if you can, you know, make a whole heap of money and become famous and, and, and do world tours and 
just become absolute fucking megastars, more power to you, and, and there's no one that will be happier for you than me. But it's it's when we when we place all of our reliance on that and we attribute our self-worth to all those things, then it's like with like the white rabbit. It's you never it's never gonna fucking happen. So so again, it's the mindset mindset shift. It's it's about changing that perspective and, and understanding that, you know, hey, I'm I'm good enough and I'm and I'm just gonna do this thing because making it is the process, it's the journey. As all cliched as it all sounds, but it, it, it's true. It's, you know, just to be able to do anything that you love on a daily basis, on a regular basis, is a hell of a lot more than so many people who are going to be out there today in their working from home or in their cubicles with the dream of wanting to do something, but they won't even dare to make a start. They won't even dare to make a start. Whereas a, a lot, you know, I'm sure that anyone who's listening to the podcast, watching or listening to the podcast today, may not feel that they're being successful in what they're doing because they haven't reached a certain amount of likes or downloads or they haven't played this many festivals or record sales or what have you. But they're still rehearsing, you know, a couple of times a week and they're still writing and they're still creating and they're still doing stuff that works towards those goals and they're still in the process and they're still able to, to do that, which, you know, frankly... I think I think it's incredible. Most people, like I said, will sit and dream about it and do fuck all about it. So, um, so these are the kind of shifts that I um, try to encourage people to think about, and and or concepts I encourage them to think about, and 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 work through as to how we can reprogram our thinking into having that level of mindset as your automatic default, as opposed to something you've got to consciously think about all the time. Mm. You mentioned stories that we tell ourselves and over the years just playing music forever. I've heard a lot of stories from my peers and I say in the introduction to my podcast, I say that I've seen most of my peers give up on their dreams before it even began. And this industry certainly requires a lot of resilience and the stories that I've heard, I mean, a common one is I'm too old or I don't have time or... They're pretty much the main ones. Do you think that being more resilient comes from working on ourselves and our mindset and having that default mindset that you were talking about before and having that self-love and knowing who we are and being solid in that? Do you think that that's the answer to not giving up? I think that's a, that's a, that's a big, big part of it, a huge part of it. Um, it, it, it it's got to come from within you. You've got to be your own cheer squad. No one will really do it for you. Maybe they will a bit later on down the track, but you know, when it, when it, in, in those moments when you're feeling, when you have those feelings of self doubt and and lack of, and, and we all do it, and, and I still do too, Monica. I mean, I have my moments where I, I've, I've questioned myself, and I, I mean, that's all part of being human. It, it's it, you know, I think there are some people, some people that I've met and, and who are incredibly successful, incredibly resilient. Um, you still want to give off the veneer that it's all milkshakes and rainbows. They're still full of shit, you know. Um, but to get back and try to answer your question, um, yes, uh, you know, it, it's 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 got to come down to a mindset. One of these days, I'll get it out right, Monica. Mindset <laughs> shift, okay, and 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 that's something that you will always be working on. It and it requires it's it's not just you but it's about the people that you surround yourself with you know people we spend more time comparing our mobile phone data plans or what kind of car we're going to drive or whether we're going to go to Bali for a holiday. I know it's in the current term we can't talk about Bali. But, you know, but people sit and spend more time about all these other things and they don't stop and think about well, who, 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 who am I hanging around, who, who are the people that are mostly in my orbit, mm. you know, on, on my day-to-day or close to day-to-day. And because, you know, and, and when we have to stop and think about, well, are these people serving us? And and, and if we can honestly say, look, yeah, I, I, know, I know this person is probably the best person I should be around, but they're my friend and I love them and I don't want to hurt their feelings and... And I completely understand that. And they're very, very hard decisions to make. And people 
struggle with making hard decisions. People struggle with having hard conversations. People are afraid because, again, the, the story of like, what are they going to think, what are they going to say, how's this going to affect me, who's going to love me, who's going to be my new friend, who are my friends going to be, will I be ostracised? And, and we just run all these fearful stories in our heads about what may happen when, for the most part, they won't. Um, yes, there's going to be some change. Yes, there's going to be some pain. Yes, there's going to be some um, stages of being uncomfortable. But but change will never happen unless you are prepared to go through a little bit of uncertainty and a little bit of being uncomfortable and a little bit of pain and a little bit of, of blowback. It's it's a non-negotiable part of the deal. But people aren't afraid to do it, Monica. People people are uh, love the idea of the finish line and the cheering crowds, but they uh, they don't like the idea of putting, strapping on their shoes and running and training and dieting and doing all the hard work in order to enjoy that moment. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I doubt, like, where I'm heading often, like really, really often, but because I'm so practised in uh, all the things that you were talking about before, I've always loved personal development. And sometimes, some days it's just more of a struggle than others. You combat those fears and those self-doubts a lot quicker and you can move through them a lot quicker because everyone has them. I mean, some of my mentors in the business space, um, my business coaches that I've had over the past few years, they still say that the whole entrepreneurial game, which essentially music is, it's all peaks and troughs and ups and downs. You just learn through, learn how to move through those uh, doubts. Yeah. Just a, a lot faster and just comes with, with practice. But yeah, I don't know if it ever fully goes away. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it ever fully goes away. Um, again, it's, it's the people that can handle the most amount of uncertainty in life and who uh, can be okay, the more okay you are knowing that things aren't going to work. And that's not being pessimistic and saying, oh, things never work out. Well, it's like, again, it's like this white rabbit. It's, it's, it's always going to be there. So the minute you accept that and realise that there are going to be times where you don't quite get it right and things don't quite pan out, and when they do, it's to also understand that when things don't go the way you want, quite often these things can be a blessing in disguise. Yes. Quite often, the reason, quite, quite often the reason why something doesn't come your way is because maybe you just weren't ready for that. You know, you weren't ready to go on that tour with that band, you know. You, it, yes, it would have been amazing, but if, you, you know, if you'd gone at that particular point in time and you really weren't ready, you would, you would have been shown up to see that you weren't ready and that could have been your first and last tour ever. Yep. With with such a you know, whereas you miss out this particular time, you go back to drawing board, you keep working, you keep honing your craft and your skills, and then another opportunity comes up where you actually are able to take full advantage of it, and then guess what? You know, more doors will open up for you. And quite often we don't understand them because when we when we think of failure, we think again it reflects poorly on us and we're bad people and we fucked up and did something wrong. And, and that's not, not the case at all. It's usually with the benefit of hindsight, and mind you, I've got two PhDs in that fucking shit. Um, you know, when the passage of time goes, you know, six months, 12 months down the track, something happens to you that's amazing. But when you connect the dots back, you realise this never would have happened unless that bad situation happened or that breakup happened or, you know, this failure happened or this catastrophe or loss, whatever it is at the time puts you in a deep, dark place. If that didn't, you just know that there's no way that would have occurred. And so, and, and I'm not saying we're going to sit down and pop champagne bottles when shit goes wrong, but but when things don't quite go the right way is, is to be able to sort of ask ourselves better questions in those times and go, well, well, you know, what, what's, what's, what other good things can come from this? Or, you know, what, um, you know, remind yourself that in the past when things didn't go quite right, it, ha it happened for a reason, a reason that at the time you may not know or understand or it's revealed itself, but it will. So just remind yourself that, okay, this, this is a bit of a bummer, didn't quite expect this. Uh, yeah, this has put me back or this has cost me two grand or three grand or what have you that I'll never get back again. But who knows, in the future, something else will happen that where you'll save your ass some 30 grand, 40 grand, yeah? 
And so I thought, well, fuck, I'd rather eat two or 3,000 than now eating potentially 40, 50 grand down the track. Yeah? But, again, this takes practice and this takes conscious thought. Um, but the, like with anything, the, the more you do something, the more automatic it comes to you. And, and I think that's the same thing with mindset. Um, when, when we can keep consciously practising and catching ourselves out during situations, um, eventually the neuropathways in your brain will start to develop and uh, consolidate and strengthen uh, to the point where you realise that, oh, shit, uh, there was a time where I used to fold under that situation and now it's like water for ducks back, you know, and, and that's where progress and growth is. Absolutely, yeah. I'm also such a believer in everything happens for a reason and it usually is when you look back and connect those dots that it makes absolute complete sense and I'm always glad in those situations that things happened the way that they did, even though, I mean, there are always going to be disappointing uh, events, I suppose, where you think things were going to go one way and they didn't. I've had a couple recently, but I'm definitely a believer that I love the saying, what is for me will not pass me. And in those instances as well, like if you can try and figure out what is the situation trying to teach you or just look at it in that way that maybe it was preventing you from making an even bigger mistake or, you know, getting into a deal that, uh, wasn't going to serve you in the long term, then uh, you can kind of keep moving forward. And I don't know if you if you're getting opportunities. Just you know, speaking uh, for I'm just thinking about those situations that came to mind when you were talking. When you're getting like more opportunities in your band or just like whatever you're doing in, in your business or in your life, that's usually a sign that um, that things are working in your favor. That you are moving forward. And where there's some opportunities, there's usually more. Um, so that's just the way I like to think about it when dealing yeah. with that. Yeah, no, I, I think you're uh, I think you're you're absolutely right. You know, and and I think opportunity is something that we create. Uh, hmm. A lot of people didn't wait back for opportunity to come their way. There's no opportunity theory; it, it doesn't exist. No. We even someone like myself, and, and I don't consider myself to be higher or better than anyone, but I, I, I've been doing this for a very long time in mastering and, and doing this mentoring. And, and even, you know, like last week, for example, I, I rang a guy at, at CollArts uh, with an idea about doing some mentoring on, on a Zoom thing. And I no, I had to ring him and, and ask him and, you know, hey, what do you think about this? Uh, had an idea thought about the value that it was going to bring and, and present that to him. And I find myself now at my age still that I'm looking for ways to create opportunity because no one, even no matter how long I've been around or how many people know me or whatever perceived status or reputation I have, you know, like I said, there's no opportunity fairy. No one comes and just sort of bangs on you. Every as you build momentum, there are people that will approach you from time to time, but regardless, you still have to be the person out there. And, and I hate using the word grinding and, and, and hustling because I, I don't believe that you have to hustle. You know, for me, when I, I, I understand when people use the term, but when I think of hustle, hustle usually um, infers to me that there's a bit of an agenda, you know, you're being a bit kind of crafty and sneaky about how you're going about it, but you don't need to be thinking that way at all. You know, you should, you know, not should, but you you, you would hope that you can go out there and work um, where life is working for you, you know, and working through you and you're in this flow state and things are kind of working alongside with you, you know, uh, energetically. So, um, so um, try and eliminate the word hustle and grind because, yeah, there are times it's going to feel that way, and but um, but the less, but the more you can try and work, operate from a place of, um, I'm, I'm not going to have things happen by me, but through me and for me. Um, things come easier. Um, it's a little bit more effortless uh, and a little bit more organic. Things just happen a little bit more organically. And that's been my experience anyway. Yeah, I love that. I wanted to quickly touch upon the Facebook post that you posted the other day. You say that you you can't simply buy your way to getting your shit together. I can't instill the traits required with a magic wand and I certainly can't and won't make the results happen for you. And essentially what you're talking about, I'll leave, I'll leave it linked down below, but it was such a great way of, I guess, as a mentor, 
you show up as your full self and you're doing it for the right reasons and you your job is kind of meet people here and you were talking about that the people that you work with have to also meet you there and I've certainly in my work come across people that weren't prepared to put in the work how do you how do you deal with those situations and like what do you think the reason is that people aren't showing up I think the reason why people sometimes don't show up it's many and varied uh it's not necessarily because they're shit people and that they're just completely out of fact oh this is a bit too hard for me and I'm not ready or not prepared to do the work and, 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 and that's okay. Uh, um, I think sometimes it, it takes a, a big person to be able to admit themselves that this is something that they're not into. Everyone, again, everyone loves the idea of certain things, but then once they realise the reality of what's involved, it's better for them to be honest enough and say, look, I'm not ready right now, I'm not willing right now, as opposed to, oh, you're shit or you're making it too hard or life is doing that. So so there is um, so people just realising um, they're, not, they're not showing up because they're, they just realise that maybe it's not for them and, and that's okay. Mm. Um, sometimes it's just mm. the, the fear of change. They realise that, oh, okay, I now I now have to make certain changes in my life and do certain things that uh, I wasn't quite expecting. And so you know, we're all trying to avoid pain. It's, it's that old Tony Robbins thing he talks about, you know, we're either seeking, seeking pleasure and trying to avoid pain and, and trying to find the, the least painful, most pleasurable situation, the path of least resistance. Distance, mm-hmm. not not wanting to, to change. Mm-hmm. So there's there's that there's that thing that's going on. Sometimes it's just a, a more deep seated situation um, that that's triggering certain emotions and certain things that maybe haven't been resolved. Which again comes down to the self worth aspect of things uh, that people haven't fully addressed. So the way I I, I deal with it in, in there's different ways of dealing with it. So. Um, you know, when it first starts to happen, uh, I always want to give people the benefit of the doubt as to why they haven't shown up or, or what have you. But, um, but, but I, you know, but I, I want to work with them to help me understand where they're at and, and what and why why it is the way they think and and see how I can help them nav- navigate that. Um, but again, only with again with the people that genuinely come, you know. Um, and being open and being really honest with you and and uh, and whatnot, um, you know, I'm I'm not necessarily a three strikes kind of guy. Um, I I don't no one ever, no one really ever gets the three strikes with me. Um, you know, before I'll sit down and mentor anybody, particularly if it's going to be something formal um, and something a bit ongoing. Um, I, I vet people very very um, very carefully. I, I, I can just tell, I can just feel for a person if they're going to be a good person, a good fit because um, I, I do value my time and I do value myself and I'm not going and I know that I can't help anyone that doesn't want to help themselves. Mm. And, um, mm. you know, so it's not just enough to have willpower to do something. You know, willpower is great short term but I, I want to look for working for with people that I inspire, people that come from a higher place than, than just, you know, sheer, sheer willpower. Um, and, and so, and so like, you know, what, what I write there, I, I, you, you can't, you can't buy your way to it. You know, people make this um, an error that if, if I pay X amount of money on doing this course or this webinar that or, or read this book, that all of a sudden they're going to become super advanced or super skilled and, and and that's not the case at all it's it's a it's a false sense of security you know people go into these kind of things because again it's about their they're, they're wanting certainty in life they think that well if i do this and they, 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 there's a certain amount of certainty that goes with it and we are addicted to certainty we everyone wants predictability and security and, and i get that it's a I, I, I need to, you know, f- feel secure in the knowledge that I'm sitting in this building and the, the roof's not going to collapse on me, you know. So, yes, there's certain amounts of security and predictability, you know, uh, that, that, that we want. But the people think because they pay a certain amount of money or because it's, oh, you know, I'm, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to uh, do a, a one-on-one private lesson with Steve Vai. Uh, it's not going to turn you into fucking Steve Vai 2.0 because, you know, you spent that much money and sat with him in the same room and breathed the same air as, as, as he did. It still requires a hell of a lot of work. 
and 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 mentors can't do it for you. In fact, they're not meant to do it for you. You know, um, they're not meant to be your butlers and servants, and are going to give you all the answers. I mean, you the, the way you learn is by you know discovering it for yourself because that's where you really have the aha moment. That's where the penny really drops. And and a mentor will be there to keep you accountable and to keep you on track and to make sure that you start, you know, with, you know, just kind of guide you and corral you, but not actually like a personal trainer in the gym. They're not going to lift the weight for you. Mm. They'll sit there and they'll encourage you and they'll push you and they will check in on you to make sure that you're working within your, your capability. But they can't just sort of like take the muscles off their body and just say, here, you know, we're, we're going to pack these, uh, pack these on you. And that's, and that's not how it works. Um, but, yeah, I'm, uh, I tend to be not brutal. I'm, I'm a big softy, but I, um, you know, I, I think I'm very compassionate with people, but I also don't tolerate bullshit too well. And, and this is why before I go into any, if we're talking about an ongoing situation or where people are going to pay, um, there's a heavy vetting process and I'm uh, very, very particular as to whom I want to work with. And the other thing I do too, uh, Monica, is when I do these workshops is that um, I, I make myself accountable to the group. I mean, I, I'd set a task for the week for everyone. Everyone's got their own individual thing that they're trying to work on, trying to improve on. And, and so I'll set each person a task in relation to that particular thing that they're trying to work on, improve. And, and I will set myself a task as well for that week about something that I've been procrastinating on or an area that I feel I should be working more on. And so I make myself accountable to the group as well because there's no, there's no fucking point, um, you know, espousing all these things to other people unless you're prepared to at the very least have a crack at being consistent with those things. Like I said, I'm not perfect. I get things wrong. I fuck up. I'm, 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 I'm my moments just like anybody else. But, you know, for me, I, I think in order for you to have credibility with people, it's we touched on earlier on about being honest and open and, and sharing all the stuff that a lot of people are afraid to talk about. But also, hey, if I'm, and I think I mentioned that when I wrote in there, you know, I, I'm, I want to, I want you to bring no less than the energy I'm going to bring. So I'm going to bring it too, and I'm going to bring my, um, you know, my my bullshit and my, uh, and I'm going to be open about my stuff, and I will be prepared to do my end of work so that you can see that I'm not just sitting back here and just fucking yeah, rah, 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 at you guys and just you know giving you all this theory, all this information that I've learned. Grab your fucking money and out the door you go and fuck off. You know. Uh, Absolutely. What is your just like go-to like top tips in terms of like longevity in the industry? I don't know. I don't know if there's necessarily a go-to um, as such. It's kind of horses for courses. But the the the, the things that have served me really well uh, and that continue to, and the things I remind others is that first of all, remember that, that you you are good enough no matter what. You, you, you're born fucking perfect. Um, and I'm sorry if there's anyone who was born handicapped without an arm or, but as a human, in, in terms of your capacity and capability, you're perfect. There's, 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 there's nothing wrong with you. You don't need anyone's approval in life to get to where you want to go. Um, and that you surround yourself with really good people, have an industry every year, sit down and think about who, you know, who, who, who are my, who, who are my peers? Who, who, who's in, who's around me all the time, constantly? Um, are, are they are they are they good for me? Am, am I good for them as well? You know, you, you've got to be able to be able to collaborate uh, with people and uh, and, and co-contribute. Um, also, th- the things to think about is why am I doing this? Uh, am I am I doing this because it's there to satisfy my own ego? Yes, we you know we do things because we love music, and but. Is there anything? There's, there's got to be something more. You, you've got to think about things not from an egocentric place, from an ethnocentric place. So, um, is what I'm doing something that's going to create a legacy? Is it something that is going to be able to contribute and, and help other people, not just my own and my own bank balance? Um, thinking about things like that. So, asking yourself, why am I doing it? And also be honest enough with yourself to go, maybe you know, well, maybe maybe it's not for me any longer. And, and not to feel ashamed or embarrassed or that you failed in that. You, you, you're better off giving something an absolute honest good crack 
and 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 tried all the options. And if and if it hasn't worked out for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out. Maybe it's like we talked about before. Maybe you needed to go through this in order for something else that will present itself down the track, but never would have unless you have decided to sort of go. You know, you know. It's funny how people talk about. You know, you got to keep out of keep. I admire people that have that tenacity and resilience and they will go and crawl on their stomachs over broken glass and, and, and that's all kind of good. But it, it doesn't do you a lot of good in the long run. It can do you a, a lot more damage. And so, like I said, the hardest relationship we have is the one with ourselves and to come to that point where we can honestly say, you know, again, take your ego out of the way and just go, well, you know, is this really good for me? Is this really doing me good, any, any, doing me any more good? And having enough balls to say, well, probably not. Uh, that to me is real courage and that's real guts as, uh, as, far, as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, and as far as you, know, you, you asked about longevity, I, I, I don't think that we, I just think it's more important to think about being present about what we're doing today, L- allowing the longevity aspect to kind of take care of itself. If It's like if you've got your fundamentals down right, and you keep doing those things on a day-to-day basis and you just keep chipping away what you're doing, enjoying the process of what you're doing, then the, the longevity aspect will kind of take care of itself. You won't have to worry about whether you'll be valid or relevant, you know. Um, so, you know, I don't know if I'd call them necessarily tips, but they're just things to think about and, and things to consider and they certainly are things that uh, were very important understanding and getting in in my life that I apply today, or at least I try to apply as consistently as I can on on my good days. And by doing so, I find I find that they have uh, really helped me to to get to where I want to go and continue on the path that I'm on right now. Awesome. Well. Tony, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast and sharing so much of you and for sharing so many words of wisdom. I know that I'm very inspired after speaking to you as always, and I know that the listeners will be as well. So, yeah, thank you so much. Well, thanks, uh, Monica. Um, appreciate the opportunity to come on your podcast and, you know, have, have a little chat. And, um, and if anyone is... Um, watching or listening, um, you can just put my links in there. Um, I'm usually good for – I'm always happy to answer people's questions if I can um, and they can hit me up on, on Facebook or on email and or Insta. Um, I'm, I'm, I find that – what's interesting is that when I do, I put that out there all the time and quite often people don't because um, they feel like, oh, what am I going to say or will he talk to me? Understand that I'm just a person like like you are, and there's um, a saying that I like to share all the time with people, which is character is who you are, and reputation is what people think you are. And sometimes people get those two think those two things confused. So, um, so you know, understand that I've walked in those shoes that you walked in. Um, I remember what it's like to be on the outside with your nose up against the glass, looking in and wanting to get a piece of the action, um, it was never lost on me. And so, um, and, and there's no stupid questions. The only stupid question is the one you don't ask. So, um, but, but people tend to, again, you know, it's not one, it's, it's that thing I'm talking about, they're, they're not, they're, they don't want to step up through, usually it's through fear, and I understand that. But, uh, but know that I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to, to take on people's questions and, and uh, all, I ask for, all I ask for is Basic Manners 101 and, um, and from there we're good to go. Awesome. And, I'll yeah, I'll certainly leave all your links down below and I do encourage anyone listening that feels called to reach out to uh, Jack the Bear, then definitely do it. No, but beautiful. All right, thanks again, Monica. And, by the way, um, it's been beautiful to witness your unfolding and, and how what you've been doing over, since I saw that first blog um, you know, because that first blog that we used to spoke about people worrying about what people thought about them and, and I saw that and I resonated with that and I thought, wow, 
oh, that's fucking amazing. That that's uh, there's a lot of emotional maturity that's being expressed here, and so and, and that's why I, I hit you up last year to get you on the podcast because it's exactly those kind of messages and that kind of mindset that that I think needs to be uh, promoted and and explored and shared with people. And um, and so again, you know, you know, hats off to you for all the work that you've done and how you're trying to contribute. And I know that you've worked alongside, uh, uh, you know, my star recruit uh, Bennett Ferguson at uh, <clears throat> at Marshall Street, and he speaks very highly of you. And, and it's beautiful to see that you you kids have got together and, and been collaborating and, and doing bits and bobs, which which is fabulous. So so you know, so hey, you know, hats off to you, young lady. Um, I think you've got a fabulous um, career ahead of you and, and even if you don't become a household name, uh, I'm, I'm sure that you'll make a great contribution to the industry and, uh, and you'll have a lot of fun doing it while you're at it. So well done. Thank you. Oh, that means so much. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's all good. Trust me. I don't, I've got a be- I'm not, I don't need a new best friend. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. Cool. I've, got, I've, got, I've already got one of those and you're looking at him. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. Well, yeah, have an amazing day and I will speak to you very, very soon. Sure. Thanks again, Mike. Take care. See you later. Bye. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that chat with Tony, Jack the Bear Mans, master of music, master of life. By the way, if you want to grab my free social media crash course for bands, just head to monicastrutcom slash social media. I've left the link down below and you'll get an email every day for five days with a short, easy to digest lesson on social media. That's it for today. If you're not already subscribed, please subscribe and come follow me on social media. I'm just at Monica Strutt everywhere and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.